Hello, and welcome to this week's Thursday Top 5. I'm Paige. I'm Anna. It's a snowy day here in New York, which is extra sad because the other day, I think it was actually 50 degrees and mm-hmm. so beautiful out. I thought maybe we had escaped the winter, but no. <laughs> we have not escaped yet. I actually walked across the Brooklyn Bridge and it was so nice. There were so many people there and I just thought I was going to be the only person. But apparently other people had the same great idea as me. As me. <laughs> but it just made me happy to see other people walking and stuff. Yeah, I feel like everyone's been hibernating. Yes. And speaking of Brooklyn, we're so excited because we actually just got tickets for the cause exhibition at the Brooklyn Museum, which I think we mentioned last week. Yes. Um, tickets were sold out, but Paige is a star. <laughs> and she managed to get us some um, tickets for, I think, mid-March. And um, yeah, I'm just so excited for that. Yeah, so a ways away, but it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Should we get into our stories for the week? Yes. So first, we're going to do some updates. Mm -hmm. So this update is a little sad. As reported by the Daily Mail, quote, new owners of house where Banksy painted his latest work, Achu, are branded mean-spirited after boarding it up so it can't be seen. It's crazy. But yes, we talked about this Banksy that appeared overnight on the wall of house in Bristol, which was for sale, but it was painted back in December and it depicts a woman sneezing with her dentures falling out of her mouth. So it was meant to provide some comic relief like about the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And now it can't because it's been boarded up. Right. So the new owners moved in on Tuesday and they first covered the mural with wood scaffolding. Mm -hmm. It's unclear why they did this and whether the painting was damaged in the process or not. I honestly did not see the story going this way. I thought maybe someone would try to remove it and sell it to a museum since Banksy's works are going for up to $5 million. But the idea that someone would want to cover it up did not cross my mind. I completely agree. I feel like when we talked about the story originally, it mm-hmm. was like, wow, this is such an added feature yeah. to the house and it makes it worth so, so much, much more. more. And then this happened. Yeah, I'm so confused. I want to hear more as to why they did this. Maybe we'll have another update <laughs> next <Hopefully>. week. <laughs> but another fun update we have is that TMZ reported that, quote, Northwest gets Bob Ross experience invite after haters question her skill. Yeah, so as we mentioned in last week's episode, Northwest made an oil painting that seemed very professional and many people compared to Bob Ross's work. So now she has been invited to the Bob Ross experience in Indiana. I'm still shocked that this story continues to make headlines. Yeah, me too. It's very funny. But I think sometimes it's just what we need, some lighthearted news. Yeah, And it still does not answer the question of whether she made the painting or not. Yeah. But I think she did it just with some help. (laughs) Maybe. That's my theory. Maybe that's the answer we needed. (laughs) Um, Shall we get into our headlines for the week? Our first headline of the week comes to us from the art newspaper where it was reported that, quote, AI robot Ada gets major exhibition at London's Design Museum, but beware of the lustful critics. And it's Ada, like A-I-dash-D-A. So funny, so like everyone, Elon Musk's son. It's a little out a there. Little, yeah. <laughs> but known as the world's first ultra-realistic AI robot artist, Ada was unveiled in 2019 and is the brainchild of gallery director Aidan Meller, researcher Lucy Seal, and students from the University of Oxford. Yes, and according to a press release, Quote, Ada is a composite persona containing a wide range of different AI and computer programs, robotic, silicon, human influences, and inputs. 
So the robot will now be getting its first major exhibition at London's Design Museum in May, which will include selfies that the robot has created or been programmed to create, Mm -hmm. as well as an AI font, which is apparently devised by the robot. Yes, Ada is actually named after Ada Lovelace, a pioneering 19th century mathematician who worked on early mechanical computers. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of thought was put into the name, clearly. Yes. And when asked to describe what Ada looks like, one leading art critic described her as having, quote, mysterious hazel eyes, magnificent lips, full and puffy, like a Benjamin sofa. <laughs> um, yes, and her bo- body and face have been modeled on that of a young woman, but with robotic arms. And one of the goals, according to the robot's creator, is to make audiences question or consider this confusion between human and machine relations. Mm -hmm. When I saw the article, the first thing that I thought of was the movie Ex Machina. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it or not. I actually haven't. I watched it in my film class at Columbia. Mm -hmm. And spoiler alert, (laughs) the robot basically kills it's nice. creators and escapes and like really looks human and that's the mm-hmm. whole like question of the movie yeah and i feel like that applies here like do we consider art done by an ai robot real art or is it just like a computer programming right and will robots like this replace artists you know so many right. different yeah. and like is it that different from digital art mm-hmm well, this is an interesting headline because this week Christie's, Christie's revealed mm-hmm. that um, they're going to be selling their first fully digital work. Yes, and it's an online auction, yes. and it's a one eyed like a one lot exactly. Auction. So it's very like interesting just to see how technology has infiltrated art and how technology is now considered art. What's also so interesting about that though is that Christie's is making a big deal about it, but they're still keeping it separate from the rest of their lives they're not putting it with like in the evening sale for contemporary art so right clearly there is a separation and it's just not the same as high art (laughs) (laughs) i think we're ready to move on yes our second headline also comes to us from the art newspaper which announced that quote the art world goes dating Instagram account Freeze Magazine uses art memes to pair its followers. So Freeze Magazine is actually one of our favorite art world meme (laughs) Freeze Magazine is actually one of our favorite art world meme Instagram accounts. Mm -hmm. Set up Freeze Dating, which is a digital service that matches up its love-deprived followers based on their favorite art memes. Yeah, so the account came up with a service in honor of Valentine's Day, which is not shocking. And they asked its followers to fill in an online form with a series of questions from what they're looking for in a partner to where they're based. And then they responded to a series of art memes. And based on their responses, they received matches via their Instagram DMs. So it's pretty cool. Nearly a thousand people signed up for the service, which is actually more than I would have guessed. Me too. And they actually had to shut it down after 12 hours because of this overwhelming response. Mm -hmm. I feel like... (laughs) People are more lonely than we thought. (laughs) Perhaps. Everyone's sitting bored during the pandemic, so now's the time. Mm -hmm. And then what was so cool about it, too, was that people from all over the world signed up. So, And it wasn't just art world people from New York and London. Some examples the article mentions are South Africa and Bali. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It really went global. Mm -hmm. And obviously, there are a lot of dating apps 
out there, but there isn't one that is specifically targeted to people in the arts. So I think that was part of their success, and I feel like they should make it a permanent thing. And also, I think that what was appealing was that you didn't actually have to download an app. Like, it was, like, in your Instagram accounts and kind of, like, just for fun. Yes, and... There, the, oh, sorry. There was, like, no pressure. Right. It's just so easy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. why not give it a shot? Mm-hmm. And the anonymous founder of Freeze actually said that Freeze Dating is the complete opposite of the usual dating experience because you meet someone who not only shares your interests but also has a similar sense of humor which is a result of this meme matching yeah I thought that was pretty cool like the meme matching what was interesting is that Freeze hasn't said whether they will come up with a more permanent version of the service I think regardless we're excited to see what they do with this idea because it clearly was very successful and I feel like honestly they could just keep replicating this format in like limited batches even yeah exactly like you have to sign up for it like way in advance right and then, like they do it once a month or something it, that'd be cool it could be cool we should dm them to suggest it yeah <laughs> do you need a curated chatter sponsor <laughs> <laughs> so our third headline today comes from art news where it was reported that quote louvre accused of serious damage to massive Sai twombly work after renovation so after a renovation at the Louvre Museum in Paris, the Sai Tombly Foundation has claimed that a monumental ceiling painting by the late artist has been permanently altered thanks to a new paint job on the surrounding walls and a change in lighting. This is actually one of my favorite galleries at the Louvre because of the contrast of the ceiling with the objects it's, it houses. So the room is called La Salle de Bronze and it houses around 1,000 works of ancient Greek, Roman and Etruscan art. And Tom Lee's painting on the ceiling is actually titled The Ceiling. So it is a very meta work. It's a really cool room. I encourage everyone to go and take a look. When the Louvre reopens because it's currently closed. (laughs) Or online. You can see photos online. But as part of the renovation, the marble floor was replaced with parquet. And the walls were repainted red, making a dramatic contrast from the original shade of white. The contrast is even more evident because Tombley's work is actually mostly blue. Yes, so the ceiling unveiled in 2010 pays homage to the Hellenic sculptures and its cool blue tones are intended to recall the hues of the Asian sea. And it is also one of the only contemporary works at the Louvre, so it makes it extra special. Yes, and in a letter to the Louvre, the Sai Twombly Foundation claims that because of the renovation, quote, the ceiling has lost the delicate and airy atmosphere specific to the artist's project and is now weighed down by this new and artificial chromatic device. It was a very dramatic letter. Very. You can read it all online. But yes, the Sai Twombly Foundation is demanding that the Salle de Bronze um, be returned to its original state ahead of the museum's reopening to the public. And in a separate letter that was also reviewed by um, Art News, where this article came from, the foundation called on France's Minister of Culture to intervene if the Louvre does not change its display. The Louvre then responded by saying that an agreement was never made, saying the room would remain in the way it was when Twombly was done, and that it needed an upgrade since it had not been renovated since the 1930s. I think this is a really interesting point because a lot of people don't realize that when a work of art is given to a museum, there Mm -hmm. often are stipulations. Yeah. And the same goes for an installation work. Right. And there were none for this one. So the room can be changed. I also think the bottom line is that the painting itself was actually not damaged, but rather its atmosphere was altered and it changed the feeling of the work. But the work itself is intact. Yeah. And like when I first saw the article and I think you had a similar response, I thought that someone had like spilled red paint all over it. Yeah, no, me too. And had like damaged the actual work, Mm -hmm. not just 
changed the room. Right. It reminded me of a headline we talked about a few months ago of the Spanish botched sculpture that people <laughs> were saying it looked like like Mr. Potato Head with like the eyes like near the mouth and all of that. But like this work is actually intact. And the one you're referencing was like botched beyond repair potentially (laughs) (laughs) it was so bad yeah but this it's bad I understand the point Mm -hmm. but the actual work is still there and in perfect condition exactly so there are worse things yes so moving on to our fourth headline which comes to us from the art newspaper where it was reported that there was a quote visitor crush at Vatican Museum so tourists were left shocked and afraid by their experiences at the Vatican Museum as they claim that COVID-19 security measures were not followed. They took to social media to complain about the institution's failure to implement effective social distancing measures in some of its most popular spaces last weekend. Yes, the article mentions that some of the spaces that were most crowded were the rooms decorated with frescoes by Raphael and his workshop. A tour guide said that he was stuck in one of these rooms surrounded by people for around 15 minutes and he compared the experience to much during rush hour which is disturbing since that sounds like a COVID nightmare literally the problem with the Raphael rooms is that if one of them gets crowded mm-hmm. all of them will get crowded since they come one after the other and there's yeah. no way to move forwards or backwards you just kind of have to wait the only solution is to stop letting people in but according to Taurus the security guards kept letting people in The first time I went to the Vatican Museum, Mm -hmm. I actually was like, it was pre-COVID years ago. I was stuck in a traffic jam. Yeah, it happens often. So like, I'm surprised they didn't take more measures to avoid this happening during the pandemic. I just remember being in this long hallway with like my parents and the tour guide and just wanting to leave. (laughs) Yeah. And you just can't leave. Because after the raffle of rooms are too like courses you can take so it's like the fast route to see the Sistine Chapel or like the slow route and Mm -hmm. it's like very narrow stairs yeah it's like I don't even know it's just like really complicated so I understand why it happens but it shouldn't be happening right now some people on TripAdvisor and Yelp said the situation caused mass hysteria because no one wanted to be that close to other people and let alone be stuck like that for an extended period of time and in true Italian fashion the tour guide that the article mentions likened the situation to Dante's Inferno that's really funny very Um. clever But when asked to comment on the situation, museum officials said that all of these statements were lies that tourists were making up. And the director went so far as to say that, quote, I was in the museum myself last Saturday guiding some visitors through the galleries. And the situation was not as dramatic as reported on social media. This is appalling. And it's blatantly false because all the tourists who were there took photos that they posted and that were linked in the article Mm -hmm. so we we saw the evidence proof (laughs) (laughs) and the museums were closed for 88 days which is so long and so crazy and gave them plenty of time to really think this out yes i mean i'm surprised they're not doing some sort of like time ticket and they are i mean it's not working (laughs) i know But I think this incident shows that people are very eager to see art and just kind of resume normal life, which is good news for museums since we've been talking about how they're struggling. But it also shows that things can go wrong very fast if the flow of visitors is not managed effectively, which is what's happening now at the Vatican. And it's also hopeful for tourism because it shows that people are starting to travel, at least within Italy. Yeah, that's true. Our fifth and final headline comes from Artnet, which revealed that, quote, 
archaeologists have discovered what may be the world's oldest brewery built for ancient Egyptian kings. According to Egypt's Supreme Council of Antiquities, archaeologists have discovered what may be the world's oldest beer factory at the Royal Burial Ground of Abydos, which is located 280 miles south of Cairo. I feel like we've been talking about Egypt a lot, which is just very exciting. Very. But yes, the ruins are believed to date to the early First Dynastic period under the rule of King Narmer, known as the Unifier of Egypt. And the brewery site was subdivided into eight sections, each 65 feet by 8 feet, and containing 40 large clay pots in two rows. The containers would have held a mix of heated water and grain during different phases of the fermentation process. So cool. And it is believed that the industrial-sized facility could have produced up to 5,900 gallons at any given time. So crazy. Mm -hmm. And what is extra special about this find is that it's actually not the first time the site has been discovered. It was originally uncovered by British archaeologists at the turn of the 20th century, but was not documented at the time, and its precise location has been forgotten until now. The excavations have also provided evidence that beer was used in sacrificial rituals and thus the brewery was built in this place specifically to supply the royal rituals that were taking place inside the funeral facilities of the kings of Egypt. This is also becoming a little bit of a trend as in 2019, the Israel Antiquities Authority extracted 5,000-year-old yeast samples from vessels that would have been used to make the same type of beer that was drunk in ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. And Egypt hopes that this news, along with other recent archaeological discoveries, will cause a spike in tourism once travel reopens, as the country welcomed 3 million tourists instead of the usual 15 million they were expecting because of the pandemic. And like we mentioned before on last week's episode and on a just now, we really hope to be one of those people and get to visit soon. Hopefully. I think it's so interesting how beer was used for sacrificial rituals. Like now people drink beer for the Super Bowl. So like it's kind of like the same. And like (laughs) you're just buying it. And I think you forget about like the process of how it's made too. Like how dedicated they were in their facility. Yeah, now it's just like mass produced. (laughs) (laughs) But before we go, we have our emerging story, which this week comes from Art News, where it was announced that, quote, $31 million Basquiat poised to become most expensive Western work auctioned in Asia. So Jean-Michel Basquiat, my favorite artist, (laughs) one of the most expensive contemporary artists, is set to continue his reign next month at Christie's in Hong Kong. His 1982 painting, Warrior, will be auctioned on March 23rd during a single lot sale titled We Are All Warriors. And if the present lot meets its low estimate, it will be among the top 10 boss yachts to ever sell at auction, surpassing the price of $30.7 million paid for Flesh and Spirit, which is a work from 1982 that sold at Sotheby's in 2018. Yes, and something that is super interesting is that the Hong Kong market has actually been unaffected economically due to the pandemic. Like their sales have been doing really, really well. And by contrast, the New York sales have actually like they continue to lag. So I wonder if this very desirable work will surpass its high estimate. We're so excited to follow this and we will definitely give an update on this story. It's also so interesting how they're keeping the auction records separate, like from New York and Hong Kong, when they're trying to make each auction sound like as impressive as they possibly can. It's true. 
I also think that the history of the work is so interesting because last time it sold at auction, it sold for so much less mm-hmm. that just the fact that it might now become one of the like top called, top 10. Yeah. And like the most expensive Western word auction in Asia is just insane. So I think that's it for us. If you haven't already, please be sure to follow us at Curated Chatter on Instagram so you can keep up with everything we're posting and talking about. Yes, thank you. Bye.